generous after all. Very generous to me, that is. And I still remember Geoffrey Dock, centuries ago. Geoffrey's parents trained him from his earliest days to love music. They started him on violin lessons as soon as he was big enough to push down the strings. By age eight, he was a brilliant musician, headed for youthful fame, just as his parents had planned. One day soon you'll be playing before the royalty of all the world, they told him. Won't that be wonderful? Geoffrey's parents thought that it would. But then, one afternoon, he fell while climbing a tree in search of a ripe pear and broke his wrist. Just like that, Geoffrey's music career was over, and the doc's grand dreams were spoiled. I, though, still saw great potential in Geoffrey, like how well he would turn out cooked with capsicum and washed down with a fine mead. Thanks to me, Geoffrey lived up to that potential. And recently there was Rich Grant Feltright, who thought he was better than everyone else because of his family's wealth. He told his classmates, My father could hire your parents as assistants. He bragged about family vacations, scuba diving, and skydiving. And he often won at sports, but only by tricking gullible kids into looking the wrong way at important moments. He thought that made him clever. His father told him, This is not the way you uphold the honor of the Feltright name. But Grant wouldn't listen. So Mr. Feltright did what he needed to do to preserve the family name. And I preserved Grant in vinegar salt and sodium metabisulfite. I try to make it easy for parents to hand their children over. That way I get more children. I have put up some child drop-off boxes in convenient locations, many near movie theaters. Children always want to go to the movies. Parents take them there, and usually, to confuse the children, they buy them much more popcorn candy and soda than usual. Then, when the movie's over, they lead their children out the side exit and quickly throw them into one of my giant metal boxes labeled simply Donations. These boxes have swinging doors at the top that open one way, in, but not the other. I also offer tours through my child-friendly travel bureau, as well as special hazardous children pick-up days four times a year. It's not like the old days. There's no more leading one's children into the forest. I don't live in the forest anymore. They've torn down the trees and built houses all around me. I've had to make my home look like all the rest, at least to the eyes. If you are a child and you are reading this, you may want to ask yourself a few questions. Do you demand unreasonable things from your parents? Do you always do what you are told? How often do you ask for a raise in your allowance? Have either of your parents said any time recently one or more of the following things? I'm at the end of my rope. I'm sick and tired of your behavior. Or, very important... I can't take it any more. If the answers to these questions are yes, no, a lot, and yes, then you may want to consider changing your ways.
You might wonder why I would tell you this. Wouldn't that mean one less delicious meal for me? But I'm not afraid of warning you. Of course not. I understand children quite well, not just how to season them delicately, or what kind of side dishes go well with what kind of kids. I know all about not-yet-cooked children, too. I know they have little self-control. I know that one day they'll decide to be good, and the next thing you know they'll forget all about it and get into trouble. They can't stick to their decisions. Their willpower is weak. I always get them in the end. I could get you, too. So wrote Faye Holliday one June night in a notebook titled How to Cook and Eat Children, a Cautionary Tale. Holliday's faithful cocker spaniel, Jay Swift, lay at her feet, his snout rested easily.